This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 17 from 8 this morning. And yesterday, well, it must have felt like motorsport heaven for fans of both F1 and IndyCar as the two open-wheel competitions started their season with a literal bang. Verstappen began his Formula 1 title defense. How he ended last year, light years ahead of the field. Meanwhile, our Kiwi slugged it out in St. Petersburg in a race full of carnage and drama. To help us recap, a wild day of racing is feature rider for Total Motorsport. Ed Spencer, thanks for joining us. Ed, how are you going today? How are you doing? Good, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, pretty well. All rested and recovered now after a mammoth day of racing and a mammoth weekend, I should add, with Formula 2 and Formula E. Sorry, Formula 3 really adding to the spectacle as well. Oh, wow. It was an absolute smorgasbord for you um, motorsport nuffies. You were absolutely loving it. Actually, so were we, to be fair, because we've got so much Kiwi interest around the world at the moment. Um, We haven't even spoken about Liam Lawson. We'll probably save that for another day, but we are loving it. Headline for you across all of the codes. What's the big takeaway? What's going through all the chat circles? All the chat is about Max Verstappen and Red Bull. Uh, This weekend was (laughs) Annihilation. Uh, really, we knew that the Red Bull had pace from testing, but this weekend they really turned up another level, and Verstappen and Red Bull just creamed the competition right from lights out. And it almost gives me a bit of—I know it's still early days—but there's almost that feeling that we could see a McLaren '88 style season happening again when they won 15 of the 16 races that season. Uh, of course, the other talking point is that Aston Martin. What a weekend for Fernando Alonso! Second place, sorry, third place. Really good drive, really good fight with Carlos Sainz and his old sparring partner, Lewis Hamilton. And on Mercedes and Ferrari, they seem to be in trouble a little bit, but not as much as McLaren, who had a pretty torrid weekend by their usual standards. Yeah, Toto Wolf, he's come out and he said, this is unfair. So the differences in the car setups, the makeups, I know there's a lot of chat about the whole... Everyone's starting from scratch last season, but they've just gone again and just forged on and, and showing everyone, well, if you can't catch us, good luck. So is there a fair justice, fair case for Toto Wolf and his struggling car at the moment compared to Red Bull? Mm, I don't really, I'm not really sure what to re- mm. say about Toto's comments. I think last year's cars are an evolution, this year's cars are an evolution of last year's, number one. But mm. you're always going to have, try and copy different ideas from different teams. I mean, bearing in mind, three years ago, it was Mercedes who were in the spotlight over uh, their rate, the racing points being basically a direct copy of Mercedes last year's car. So it seems the boot is on the other foot now with Mercedes when it was Christian Horner who was complaining in 2020. I don't think there's any problems with either car. I think if there was, 
you know, there'd be an investigation by now, as there was earlier in the season in 2020. Uh, but of course, you know, anything can happen in Formula One, and usually does. And when teams get a bee in their bonnet, they usually complain. I don't know if you agree, Ed, but I think Formula One memes are one of the best subsection of the internet, full stop. And there was so many photos of little sad Charles Leclerc on the internet yesterday. What is he going to do for another year if Ferrari can't sort their proverbial out? Well, it's difficult to say with Charles because his contract runs out in 2024. And you've got to say there's not really that much room around. Mercedes could be an option, but they don't seem to be able to fight Red Bull at the moment. Red Bull do have a seat available at some point with Pe- when Perez's contract runs out. But again, he's going to be paired with Max Verstappen and it's going to be very tough for him. I think he really will he will either slug it out at Ferrari because he's the number one driver at that team and you know he's adored by the Defosi. And I do feel that at some stage Ferrari will close the gap. I don't think it'll be this year on paper, but maybe next year when Red Bull's penalty continues to kick in a little bit more, or he could take the gamble and go to Red Bull and partner up with Max, which is a dream lineup for any team boss to have. But we've seen dream lineups in the past, i.e., Rosberg and Hamilton, fall yeah. apart when they're both fighting for the championship. So there's always that risk what Charles has to think about in the coming months. When you think of threats for Red Bull, they're one two finish, so they've got absolutely flying. Is there a threat? From elsewhere, like with Fernando Alonso, we know you know how experienced he is. He's got a threatening car with Aston Martin. Can he threaten Verstappen going forward? I think Aston could maybe, but they're going to need a little bit of luck. Um, the problem with Red Bull last year was the fact that the car was quick, but it was unreliable. This year, it seems to have smoothed out all the issues which affected the RBA team at the start of the year. Now, I think Aston Martin can compete on most tracks, but strategy is going to have to come into it to stop the staff and Perez completely dominating the season. Maybe Ferrari, if the upgrades do come in and they do completely overhaul that car. And maybe, you know, there's there's not really that many, you know, competitors. Alpine are a little bit behind Merck, as I've mentioned. And, you know, teams like Alfa Romeo, Haas, they're just trying to find their groove with their current cars. Let's switch to Indy. Um, Scott McLaughlin was looking really, really strong for a podium finish before that crash with Grosjean derailed his hopes. Is he up for a massive year, Scotty McLaughlin, or or do you think he'll plateau a wee bit? Or did you see enough out of him yesterday that says he can keep projecting in the right way? I definitely think he is going to be a championship contender. That's for sure. I'm not sure what Scott was trying to do. Uh, bearing in mind he was on cold tyres, Grosjean was on fresh rubber that had, had time to warm mm. up. But I do think he has a good chance this year. I think Penske do look strong. They're a little bit behind, but St. Petersburg is a very specific track where one type of car seems to be more favoured than the other. And it's still a long season. Bearing in mind, we also do have you know, plenty of races coming up, which are a lottery, such as the Indy 500. So I wouldn't rule out Scott too early. On the block, racing an IndyCar, Marcus Armstrong. What did you think of the rookie's debut? Did re- did pretty well, I think. He recovered well, mm. considering that he had puncher, a puncher during the race, which lost him a chance of a top six. And, you know, finishing ahead of the finishing best of the rookies is a good achievement, considering that a good chunk of them didn't finish because 
Peterson, Rob were all pretty much wiped out at that opening lap pileup. So he can be very happy with himself. And I think Marcus has settled him well to IndyCar. He's got a good team behind him. He's got a good mentor in Scott Dixon. He's got Marcus Ericsson and Alex Blow he can lean off to. I think he did really well, and he can be pleasantly surprised with himself. And Scott Dixon, he'll be there or thereabouts year in, year out. We just, there's, there's very few more certainties in sport that Scott Dixon will be fighting out an IndyCar uh, championship come the end of the year, right? Hey, question on the IndyCar. Is there the same level of drama and pettiness in IndyCar as there is in F1? Does it get pretty testy <laughs> off the track? As someone who's been in both paddocks, I one virtually, one in person, I, I wouldn't say so. There is respect between drivers. Okay, occasionally, if there's an on-track incident, you know, there may be the odd fisticuff or there may be the odd sparring <laughs> session on Twitter, but I don't think there's the <laughs> level of... There's not the level of pettiness that there is in Formula 1. I also do think it's more the team principles that yeah, cause, yeah. you know, more, more drama because... If you remember the Palo situation last year, it caused a big rift between uh, Zach Brown and Chip Ganassi. But, you know, I, I don't think it's drives to survive levels of pettiness. <laughs> well, that's the other part of it. Like, they don't have Netflix following them around, so they're not playing up for the cameras, probably. <laughs> that is a, a massive part we can't <laughs> underrate. Hey, thanks so much for your time, mate. We love that you cover uh, both F1 and, and IndyCar. We, we really do want to keep up to date with it this year, as we've got so many Kiwis out there doing... Very, very strong work, mate. So I'm sure we'll chat again. Pleasure. Thanks for having me on. And good morning to everyone back in New Zealand. There you go. Yeah, it's been to Total Motorsport. Go follow him on Twitter. He uh, covers both Indy and F1 at a very high level. Um, he just watches everything. And that's what we want because, Izzy, we've got three Kiwis, um, Mark Armstrong, Scott Dixon, Scott McLaughlin, who all put in big shifts yesterday and, uh, it's going to be really fun to watch them throughout the year. It's a long season IndyCar, and you gave those lottery races like the Indy 500. So uh, we'll be plugged in all the way through the season and Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Beautiful. I've been just started season five of Jives to Survive, and it's such a good watch. And uh, keeping you up to date, and Toto Wolf is continuing to have a little whinge, and he's still carrying it on because Red Bull and Christian Horner are just on another planet at the moment so awesome catch up with ed spencer talking formula one and indycar we'll keep watching that unfold throughout the year izzy and kempi's nrl draft score update coming up Uh-oh.